today on It's Time. Prayer is probably the key after you're born again in moving in the Spirit. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going verse by verse through the book of Colossians. So, open your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. We're in Colossians chapter 4, by the way, and as we continue our study through this book, most important, because it once again reflects the heart and the nature of God, the friendships and those that co-labor concerning God, and how important they are as well, and the importance of prayer. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and we thank you, God, for your benevolent hand that guides us and directs us on all the things that you have called us to do and be about your business. We ask you now, Lord, that you would extend uh, strength and encouragement to those who have lost everything in this uh, hurricane flood. God, we ask you that you would give the workers that are there to help strength and understanding, Lord, patience in dealing with people. And Father, again, that your love and your light can shine in a very, very dismal time. And so we just ask you that you would strengthen every person that is there. Cause your love in your heart to go out, minister to one another. And as we study your word today, may we see just how important it is that we have friends in the ministry and friends that do what you have called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week, and we've been going through the book of Colossians. And again, friends, there's a lot of things and a lot of ways you can teach the Bible. But the important part is the Bible is what's being taught. Not a lot of psychobabble, not a lot of motivational speaking, not a lot of uh, great, warm, fluffy ideas. We want to teach the Bible. In fact, the Bible says in Isaiah, line upon line, precept upon precept. That is the way we are to study God's Word. And so if we don't study that way, you're going to have an imbalanced, first of all, understanding of who God is. And second of all, you'll have, an mis- you'll have a misunderstanding of who you are. The more you know about God, the more you're going to know about you. Just the way it works. Everything you need to know about life is in the Bible. Completely and everything. Last week when we left off, and we'll just review with a couple of verses here. Let's go back to verse 22 of the preceding chapter before we move into chapter 4. It says, Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not according to eye service as man pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. Now, people say, well, we don't have servants anymore. We don't even have to read this. No, let's change it, make it relevant, because this is what it's talking about. Employees, obey in all things your bosses according to the flesh, not with eye service as man pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. You know, it's, it's one thing to do it according to the flesh. It's another thing to do it according to the heart. Why? 
in what we do, there's an excellency in what we do because we represent our king. You know, sometimes we may not want to do something, but we do it not as unto him or her, but we do it as unto the Lord. That's what he's talking about here. And I believe, friends, these are the people that will be promoted when promotions come. Because your employer will see an excellency in you that when no one is looking, you're still doing your job. And believe me, there's nothing that blesses a boss more than when he comes around a corner and sees his employee doing what he's supposed to do rather than holding up the, uh, the uh, uh, coffee dispenser or some other thing. Those are the people that are going to get the promotions. And whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord, not to men. Always remember, God is our supreme boss. And so again, there should always be an excellency in what we do. Whether it's concerning the gospel or whether it's concerning waxing a car, whatever it is we do, we do with the recognition that God is watching us. The second thing we find here, it says, knowing that From the Lord, you will receive the reward of inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Remember, ultimately, it's who is you're serving God. Now, he says you will receive a reward eternally, yes. But I believe this can transcend into those around you saying, that person really does a good job when they do something. Again, if you're a boss, that's the one you're going to promote. But he who does wrong will be repaid for the wrong which he has done. And there is no partiality. It doesn't make any difference who you are. Do a sloppy job. Do a bad job. If you don't lose your job, you'll never be promoted. Now, these are just some principles in God's word how the system works. People say, well, I just wish I understood how it all worked. This tells you. You want to know how the psyche of man is? The Bible is the best book that has ever been written concerning how people think, respond, and what they do. You know, you say, well, I've been to college and I've studied Freud and I've studied uh, uh, Jung and I've studied these different philosophers and psychologists and all these. You want to know about who and how it all works? The Word of God, the Bible tells you everything you want to know. Now, verse 4 goes on. And literally it says, bosses, give your servants what is just and fair, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. God sees it all. So as servants or as employees, we want to do a good job. And as bosses, we want to do and be fair to our employees. Now, we move from there into, I believe, the benediction of this book. Now, again, Paul had never been to the church at Colossae, yet he had a genuine concern for them because they were fellow believers. And you know, the Bible says when one member hurts, we all hurt. When one member is blessed, we're all blessed. And it isn't one member is blessed and we all get jealous. One member is blessed and we all go, yeah, that's great. The same God that sees and blesses that person can bless me too. Always remember that. God is not, you know, a lot of times... We, we say, well, I want to bless everybody, but my bank account's only so big. God, on the other hand, has a never-ending bank account that can continue to bless, continue to bless. He never runs out. And because he doesn't show favorites, he's going to bless you just like he blesses somebody else. So as we look at this, he tells us in verse 2, continue 
earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Prayer is uh, probably the key after you're born again in moving in the spirit. Now, there's a lot of things we all can do and we can waste all a lot of time. But if we move in the spirit, you're going to be hitting the target every single time. Samuel said, I will not sin and neglect to pray for you. Speaking of the people of Israel after they had demanded a king. He says, I'm going to continue to pray for you. Even though you've done these things, I will not sin and not pray for you. I will pray for you. Why is that? Prayer is important. Now remember, prayer is never to talk God into my plan. Your plan. Okay, God, now if you'll just do this for me and I'll do this for you. And, and we, it's like we're on some kind of a TV show called Let's Make a God Deal, you know. And, uh, well, now, you know, God, now if you'll do this, I'll do this. And if you'll do that, I'll do this. And we got it all figured out how God's going to do it. Well, let me share this with you. God is bigger than the way that we think he can answer our prayers. I love that about God. God's got an innumerable bank account to supply what you need. He tells us here, continue earnestly in prayer. Prayer aligns our will with God's will. Now, why do I need to say continually in prayer? Because I find I can color outside of the lines real easy. Do you know what I mean by that? We can start off in our relationship with God, and it isn't long we're wandering. Why is that? That is the nature, the old sin nature, that every one of us will wrestle with till we are in our new bodies there in heaven someday. Coloring outside of the lines is real easy. Why is that? We have an old sin nature that pushes that way. That's why Solomon says in the book of Proverbs, be careful of the friends you pick. Because if you pick friends that are ungodly, it isn't that the godliness of you rubs off on them. It's their ungodliness will rub off on you. Why is that? We have an old sin nature that likes to sin. Now, the problem with our old sin nature, it's dumber than a box of rocks. Why is that? Because while our sin is killing us, we don't know it. That's one of the problems and why the Bible acquaints sin to leprosy. Leprosy primarily is a disease of the nerves. And what it does, it deadens you. So though your skin is still soft, there's no nerves in your skin anymore. You can pick up a scalding cup of coffee and not know it's red hot and burn your skin off and you don't even know it. That's why oftentimes in these old movies like Ben-Hur and some of the ones where it showed the lepers and they had fingers missing, it was because they said that sometimes the rats would come up and chew their fingers off in their sleep and they didn't even know that they were being chewed on. That's what leprosy does. Well, that's what sin does to us. Sin deadens us to the reality of what's happening to us. Until we realize and we wake up one morning, we're not just missing our fingers, we're missing our entire heart. That's how God wants us to understand how detrimental living apart from him is. Prayer, once again, realigns our heart to the things of God. Now, Jesus, when he taught the disciples to pray... He said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God's will is already being done in heaven. Yay, that's good. 
Thank God the heaven's not a mess like it is down here. But God's will is already being done in heaven. The problem is it's not being done here on this earth. Who then will do God's will? In fact, if you go to Isaiah chapter 6, strong angel says, and who will go for us? Isaiah said, I'll go. That's aligning your will with God's will. God's just looking for somebody that says, here am I, send me. Is that you? Is that me? I pray. Because see, that's what's going to carry a reward through eternity. Nothing in this life, friends, that you see today, other than people, will ever go into the next life. Isn't that weird? All the things that oftentimes we value so highly, none of those things are going to go into the next life other than people. So when we think about it for a minute, what, what, what's, what's going to go into the next life? It's people. Well, I need to align my will with God's will. So he says, continue earnestly in prayer. So when we look at this, and we go back to aligning ourselves with God's will, uh, that's where the power of God is at. That's where you see the miracles. You know, somebody asked me one time, they said, why was God such a God of miracles in the Old Testament and the New Testament, and we don't see miracles today? I said, it's because most people don't live close enough to the edge to need a miracle. You know, God granted miracles to those who are world changers. I believe every person listening this morning, you can be a world changer. How? By enlisting in my great program and buying my 95 books. No, it's aligning your will with God's will. How do I do that? Chapter 2, excuse me, verse 2, chapter 4. Continuing earnestly in prayer. It aligns my purpose with God's purpose. Friends, that is so important because Again, if we don't, we will hear those voices pull us off track. We have an old sin nature that wants to drift anyway. And so, continuing earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. We talked about that last week, the importance of thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is inventory of the blessings in your life. Now, why is that important? Because the blessings of your life can be used for the kingdom of God. But if we never look at what we have, always wanting something else, we'll never use what we have for him. The old saying goes, if you're unthankful for what you have, you'll be unthankful for what you get. So how then can I use the resources, the brains, what few brains I may have for the kingdom of God? How do I best use those, God, for your kingdom? Now, remember, God can use anything. Boy, I'll tell you in the Bible, if you look what God used to change the world, it was amazing. Moses has got Pharaoh's army behind him, mountains on both sides, and the Red Sea in front of him. What does he have? He has God and a staff. Now, this staff wasn't some kind of a king's scepter with gold and jewels and gold-plated and all that stuff. An old stick. God told him, touch the water. And with that old stick, he touched the water and the water pulled back and heaved up on both sides and the children of Israel walked through on dry ground. Old stick. What old stick do you have? Maybe in your garage. Maybe in your home. God can use anything if we'll submit it to him. And I'm amazed what God will use. You say, well, Mike, what are you, what are you talking about? I thought it was really interesting. I was raised in a Christian home. 
Mom always read us. My dad always read us the Bible. And um, what was really amazing, I always had an interest in radios. I thought it was amazing how you could be here, talk on a walkie-talkie, and they could hear you over there. And I always thought, that is such an amazing thing. wonder if everybody had walkie-talkies, you could talk to everybody. And I thought, that's what radio is. God took a simple thing like a hobby and used it to bless millions. What hobby do you have? What do you like to do? How can God use that to communicate the gospel? What resources do you have? That's thankfulness. Think about it. God, what have you blessed me with? How can I use that for your kingdom? Aligning your will with God's will. Prayer does that. Continuing earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I'm also in chains. Paul was not in prison because he was breaking into the local Jerusalem stop and rob or, or, you know, he was in prison because he was preaching the gospel. Now, why, why I think this is so important as we look at this, why then, if God is God, why do I even need to pray at all? People have asked, asked that question. Years ago, in fact, if you study some of American history, you'll, you'll find a lot of our modern historians are saying our early church fathers were deists. Now, a lot of people don't know what a deist is. A deist is like an example Well, there is a God, but he's not involved with the affairs of everyday human beings. That's what a deist is. So they recognize that there's a God, but he doesn't care. Is that true? No, it's not. But what is a little bit true about a deist is this, and how Christianity, and you as a Christian, ruins the deist philosophy is this. You are a human being of this world. The Bible says Satan is the prince of the power of the air. In other words, he's the God of this world, the Bible says. I think it's interesting. They blame God for everything. Your insurance policies, you know, or any other acts of God. Like, you know, God chucks lightning bolts down in front of cars or something. No, the God of this world, I believe, is the direct result of the problems that we see. God created man, put him in a beautiful garden, and he refused to live there. And ever since then, man gave the world into Satan's hands, and that's why we see the messes that we see in the world today. But you're a Christian now. What does that do? Well, as a member of this world, I was born here. The Bible also says we're ambassadors and we have moved our residency from this world to heaven, yet I'm still here. And the Bible calls us ambassadors. What does an ambassador do? You represent your country to another country. We're in another country right now, friends. This is not our home. We are on a battleship. We are not on a cruise ship, okay? And because of that, God has us here for a reason. Now, here's what's important. God created the earth. He's a fair and just God. He's a business God, if you might say. He said, okay, man, your job, till the earth, take care of it, watch over it. I'll come and talk to you every evening. Adam and Eve sinned, listened to the serpent, and we find thou were kicked out of the Garden of Eden, and the world now is in the hands of the devil. But then you become a Christian. 
And so as a human being, I say, okay, God, in a world that you cannot really deal in legally because it's been given to Satan, I ask you to come in and do something here for your purpose. In other words, I want your will for this earth to happen as I pray. God says, okay, I can do it. See, you're an ambassador. Because you're an ambassador, you can petition the God of this that made everything, but yet legally, because of what Adam and Eve did in the garden, Satan is now the God of this world. You say, okay, I'm a human being, and God, I ask you now to carry out your plan in this world. God says, all right. So when I pray, and you pray earnestly, you're praying that God plan will be manifested in this earth. Legally, I can pray that because I'm a human being. You can pray that, but because you're born again, now I can invite the power of God into a world that belongs to Satan. You don't think Satan's in control of this world? Look at your evening news. You don't think the devil's in control of this world? Look at the crime and the heinous uh, things that human beings do to each other. You don't think the devil is alive and well on this earth? In fact, if you don't believe the devil is alive and well, you can come here, hang out for a little bit. You'll see the spiritual warfare just because what we do with the radio here. I've often said as I drive by this place at night, it's probably the most fought over six acres other than the Temple Mount in Israel. Why? Because what we put over the air tells people what the truth of God is. And there's so much junk in the world. How long do you have to listen to what's called Christian television to realize, hey, send in your money and I'll send you a, a, a prayer wallet and it'll always be full of money for only $29.95. And if you act today, I'll send you due. And you go, my gosh, what in the world? Where has the wheels of the Christian church gone off the bus? Well, here's why. If you can't, if you can't sway them, then paralyze them. Prayer breaks the bonds of Satan. It'll break the bonds of Satan in your own personal life, in habits and things. It'll also break the strongholds, tearing down, the Bible says, the strongholds of Satan. Listen, we're in a real genuine spiritual warfare. There's nobody here that, if you're a Christian, you're involved. People say, well, I got a Christian, but I'm just going to kind of sit on the side. <laughs> nope. That's a lie the devil's told you. If you're a Christian, you're involved. Everybody picks whose side they're on. In fact, Jesus said, you're the for me or against me. There is no neutral ground, none. You're the for me or against me. If you're for God, we pray for God to intervene in a lost world that's been given to Satan. God says, okay, I have legal permission, devil, to come into a world that's been given to you to do my will now. That's why I believe prayer is so important. That's why your prayers are so important. Meanwhile, praying for us also that God would open a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ, which I'm also in change. You know, Christ's message is a mystery. People don't oftentimes understand that. How sin is so grievous to God that it would require a life to cover it. That's what the whole thing in the Old Testament, the slaughtering of bulls and goats and doves and all those things, is because it was so grievous to God. But man couldn't keep killing all the animals because there wasn't enough animals. We're so bad. 
So God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. And he died in our place. And if you'd believe in him, you'll have everlasting life. That's the good news of the gospel. That's what the gospel is. Thanks for joining us on It's Time, as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening and tune in next time for It's Time.